You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder, a show where we interview experts about how to move up the corporate ladder. And today we are talking about facilitating your success with managing up. And joining us today to talk about that is Melissa Lampson, and she is founder and president of Lampson Consulting. So, Melissa, thanks for joining the show today. You're welcome. Now, how would you define or describe the subject that we're talking about as far as, you know, managing up and kind of facilitating your success? Well, managing up is really, I think, about how do we understand the relationship with our manager or our supervisor and making sure that that we really solidify that that relationship so that it works to our advantage in terms of our career. Mm -hmm. Now, why is it important to kind of understand how to do this correctly? Does it kind of just parlay into that advancing your career thing? Absolutely. I mean, it's a couple of things. I think it certainly is about how do we set those boundaries for ourselves personally in terms of work-life balance. It's also important in terms of understanding the expectations of how to produce the best work that we can produce. And so if we have a good relationship with our supervisor or manager or that person who's responsible for ultimately for those deliverables, then we're able to make sure that we're meeting those expectations. And then I think absolutely thirdly, if there is a career trajectory that that is uh, really clearly communicated to that person because they're usually the person who's responsible for it. Mm-hmm. So definitely is more than just kind of advancing your career. Is everything that kind of goes into that to make that a possibility. Now, what is your experience with managing up? And have you ever been the kind of employee trying to manage up? Or have you ever been a manager that's being managed like that? Yeah, I think um, in both cases, I've been in that situation. More recently now, I, I have people who are managing me, mm-hmm. <laughs> managing up to me. And what's really important, I think, from both perspectives is that is that is the expectation, that it's not only about me managing down, but someone managing up, and that we talk about that. I guess up and down are kind of strange terms, but mm-hmm. um, that we discuss, you know, how are we really, what are the expectations and how are we going to work together best and ensure that we're not only checking in about the task, but we're also checking in around, you know, how is communication flowing and are expectations being met and is that person feeling as though they're getting what they need from me, both personally and professionally in terms of development, um, and not just strictly focusing on project work. Okay. And I think that goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to give them feedback and let them know what, what it's meaningful to me, and I'd like them to be able to do the same. All right. So what would you say is the biggest challenge with this topic? You're kind of um, kind of alluding to there being a lot of open communication here, and I think from the employee standpoint, that could be very difficult. Do you see that kind of happening? Absolutely. I think particularly in the U.S., Mm -hmm. where we have such a kind of difficult labor market, meaning, you know, we do have kind of the higher fire mentality here and people can leave a job really quickly as well as be removed from a job very quickly. And I think there's a lot of fear or trepidation around having those difficult conversations with your manager um, and also with a a manager with an employee Mm -hmm. just for fear of of what the impact might be on one's job or career, um, and certainly even just basic survival. And so I think we need to get more comfortable with saying, hey, it's having those difficult conversations isn't about, isn't sort of the end-all be-all, but what it is is 
a way of being able to help us both be more productive and for the company as a whole to be successful. So if we start to just sort of look at it more from the big picture, I think it takes a little bit of the anxiety out of the one-to-one interaction. That makes a lot of sense, especially when you're talking about the United States and the higher fire culture. So do you have any tips or strategies from, you know, the employee perspective on how to approach your manager to successfully have a conversation like this? Absolutely. I describe it as really um, creating a culture of feedback. Mm-hmm. So then that feedback doesn't necessarily mean only constructive criticism, but also praise and just general responsiveness. So I think there's kind of three types to that feedback. I think right from the outset, if you can ensure that you have those weekly one-to-one meetings, either 30 minutes or an hour, really hold your manager accountable to those meetings, and you come with an agenda, very clear objectives for those meetings. And one of the objectives, at least, should be, as I said, not necessarily only task-focused, but also how does communication flow going here, and how Mm -hmm. can we make sure that we continue to improve it and be productive in that way. So I think it's really taking ownership of making sure that that communication is regular and consistent as well as the expectations are being stated very, very clearly in in, in those meetings. Mm-hmm. Now, the United States, both having that quick hire-to-fire culture, it also has kind of um, everyone's moving more towards like telecommuting and there's different options. So everyone not, might not be in that same location. So how does this change as far as, you know, communicating and having those one-on-one meetings when either, you know, both of you aren't in the office or one of you isn't? Um, Do you have any tips for that kind of scenario? Absolutely. This is probably, you've just hit the nail on the head in terms of the most difficult situation in terms of just developing a relationship because you don't have that, hey, let's go to lunch together or let's even just bumping into each other in the hallway, which as you know, is really important. So I really recommend number one, even if you're working remotely, do your best to find situations where you can see each other face-to-face at least once or twice a year or once or twice during the course of a project. Research shows that a, the productivity can increase by 50% if people can meet through the course of a project face-to-face. So mm-hmm. whether it's an add-on to an event or whether it's just finding out your manager or boss's schedule and then ensuring that you can get to where they're going to be just finding some creative ways to get around costs, I think is really important. So not to kind of hide away in your, in your own little island, but to really get out there and make sure that you have some face-to-face interaction. And additionally, I would always try to use video for meetings mm-hmm. because that certainly will up your chances of at least being able to see each other's facial expressions and understand the emotion behind some of the conversation that you're having. And then thirdly, I'd say what's really important is to make sure that your communication is, 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 is a little more regular than it might even be when you're working in the same office physically. So what I mean by that is the research shows that if you intentionally communicate with those folks remotely or when you are working remotely with each other, if you intentionally communicate three times more than you would if you were physically in the same office, that that will replicate the same kind of spontaneous interaction in, say, the kitchen corner or the hallway or the lunchroom, et cetera. So real important that you send those regular emails, stay in touch with them, and don't let those one-to-ones go go by without making sure that you have those meetings. And you've given our listeners a lot of really good tips, and I'm really interested in the the study that said that if you intentionally communicate three times more in the office, that kind of replicates that spontaneous conversation. 
And this conversation um, that you're having, you know, whether you do it online or, you know, in the kitchen, like you said, is that really the foundation of building this relationship so then you can effectively manage up? I think it is. I mean, I think developing that relationship personally and professionally really important so that people understand. So your your supervisor understand what motivates you, but you also understand what motivates them. Mm-hmm. You know, I also I also think it's really important as much as they need to find ways to um, empower you and excite you and make your work meaningful. And incidentally, there was there's also a study that says that employees will stay in a job because they're contributing to something meaningful. And the number one reason why employees leave a job is because of not having a good relationship with their manager. So mm-hmm. it's a really critical relationship there. But I think it's also very important for an employee to remember that their manager and their supervisor has career aspirations and to be able to tell them and say to them, hey, what can I do to make you shine and make you look good, and how is our how is our work together uh, going to foster your career? Because mm-hmm. I understand just as it's your responsibility as my manager to help me and ensure that I have a career track that I can also have some success doing that for you. And so, if you make that really transparent, you know, not in a kind of schmoozy, <laughs> yucky way, yeah. but just in a hey, this is normal. We're all, we're all in this to grow and to be productive and to hopefully have some interesting work as well as um, grow our careers that that can be a really good way to secure a relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, in a similar vein, we've talked a lot about communication. So do you have any suggestions for reading your manager's preferred communication style and then kind of appropriately responding to that? So, you know, maybe if they're always rushed, how do you kind of figure out how to, you know, get that spontaneous conversation in there so you can have the understanding of what they need and what they're looking for? Yeah, good point. I mean, one of the things we do at Lambs Consulting is we we actually do 360 feedback assessments. We also will do the Myers Briggs type indicator. We do some we do cross cultural training. So we we really want to get to the root of what are people's preferences and styles in terms of communication. So are people more direct or more indirect? Are they more hierarchical or less, you know, more flat in terms of the way they communicate? Do they prefer a more rushed kind of communication or or a little bit slower paced, think things out or kind of act spontaneously? You know, these all these types of things. Extrovert, introvert is also a big one. Mm-hmm. I think once you understand how what people's preferences are in terms of personality types, you can really then develop some strategies of how you can communicate, best communicate with them. So it's not about you always having to adapt to them. Of course, it's useful for you to know yourself so that you can explain to them how you prefer to work as well. And then you can find a, a compromise in between. But I think particularly when you say somebody who's really rushed, I think it's really important to say, hey, you know, this is, um, we're, I'm happy to build this meeting into something that you're already doing, like driving to work or sitting at the airport waiting for a plane or, you know, those times when when people do have that downtime, you could look for those opportunities so that you can catch them in the right moment. But I think what's key is to really make sure that you let them know what, what the value is of this meeting. So I think people often use time as a way of postponing or procrastinating doing something that they don't actually really see a lot of value in. So Mm -hmm. the more valuable you make those meetings, even if it's a 15-minute or 10-minute meeting, the more that person is going to hold to to keeping that schedule. And I I really like how you brought up letting them know the value and what value add that is to them because I think that's a really important kind of factor in actually getting people to listen to you when you're having these conversations. 
last thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up today is kind of the most common mistakes that people make when they're managing up. Um, and could you dive into, you know, what those mistakes are and kind of what you can do to not make them? I think sometimes people take it as a personal affront that their manager either doesn't have time for them or is skipping one-to-one meetings. And I think it's really important to not take it personally, that to understand that that person is really busy and they're balancing lots of things just like you are and, and to, you know, try to work with them instead of work, you know, work contentiously against mm-hmm. them. And to that point, to make sure that you go into communication, you know, neutral and soft and devoid of negative emotions. So don't take it personally, go into the conversations, you know, really neutrally in terms of emotion, assume the best and not the worst. And uh, I think also just really see your manager as an ally and do everything you can to make them be someone that you can count on as well as be you present yourself as someone they can rely on and count on. And with that final piece of advice, we will wrap up today's show. So I just want to thank Melissa for joining us and sharing her expert advice. We do appreciate it. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet at the Aljan on Twitter. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your career.